You're listening to the From the Hack Curling Podcast, part of the Curling News and Sports Illustrated Partnership. Hi everyone, my name is Frank Rock and welcome to part two of the From the Hack Podcast preview of the 2021 Canadian Olympic Curling Trials. In part two, we chat with Kevin Cooey, whose team won the 2017 trials and went on to represent Canada at the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang. We are also joined by Jason Gunlickson, whose team won the first trial spot awarded at last month's pre-trials in Liverpool, Nova Scotia. Next, we'll be chatting with 2006 Olympic gold medalist Mark Kennedy, who will be looking to earn a third Olympic appearance, this time as the third on Team Jacobs. And our final guest today will be Mike McEwen, who came so close to winning the 2017 trials, losing to Team Cooey on the last rock of the championship final. My first guest in part two of this preview is Kevin Cooey, who is headed to Saskatoon looking for a second consecutive trip to the Olympics. Cooey is a two-time world champion and a four-time Briar champion who certainly wants to add an Olympic medal to his resume. Kevin, since we were chatting about the 2021 Olympic trials today, I thought I'd take uh, I'd start by taking you back to the final shot of the 2017 trials, a shot that you played a major role in. Uh, can you walk us through the draw that earned you a trip to the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang, the final rock of that game in Ottawa against Team McCune? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, it was a draw, I think, to you know, kind of full four foot ish, uh, intern draw. And, and, you know, I'd, I'd had pretty good draw weight for most of the week. So, uh, I was fairly, fairly confident. And, um, you know, I, I just remember the shot and thinking, you know, you d- I definitely didn't want to overthrow it, uh, give the guys a chance to, to sweep it. And, uh, you know, I remember letting it go and, um, you know, thinking that, uh, it felt pretty good. Uh, you know, there was no thoughts going through my head. Oh, that's, that's light or that's heavy. And, and Ben said, okay, I got really good time. And like, they, they liked it out of my hand, which was, which was a good thing, but they, you know, they kind of started sweeping it and, uh, they pretty much went coast to coast, but I think for the most part, they, they thought it was there. Um, most of the way maybe maybe until kind of the far hog line they might have got a little worried but uh you know we made it with i don't know i think we got a piece of the button so we made it um you know by 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 more than enough but uh it was great sweeping obviously by brent and uh and benny and uh you know after that it's just kind of more uh well obviously there's a lot of emotions you know you're obviously excited relieved uh um, super happy there's there's you know I, I don't even know everything that was obviously going through through my head at that time other than you know was was proud of the guys for the, the week and obviously to win it like that um, making your last shot to draw draw to the forefoot and uh, you know a full full team effort. Kevin, I've heard from a handful of players that the Canadian Olympic trials are bar none the toughest event to win in the sport, mostly because of the depth of field. You'd been to the trials before and made the playoffs, I believe, but I'm wondering if even you were surprised by the type of effort it took to win the trials in 2017. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at the trials, there there's no easy games. You're just, you're playing Canada 
has obviously the most depth of any nation by far. Uh, the men's side is extremely uh, deep, I would call it. So you're you're always playing game after game. You're playing someone that's really good, um, someone that you know if you don't play well, they could they could uh, easily beat you. When you compare that to um, you know a Briar, there's there's you know some provinces that are probably not quite at that at that level. That's just the that's just the you know the 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 facts of the briar with the more of the kind of provincial representation that um you know the the field is is much harder at the trials for sure and so there's just no um no no time to really uh kind of stop and take a breath at the trials you just got to be on your game all week and um you know hope hopefully you, you obviously need to play well but uh probably need a few breaks on, on the way as well but um it's it's yeah it's the most um most intense event i would say i've probably ever been a part of for sure and kevin i've long maintained that you and your then teammates took a bad rap after the pyeongchang olympics because you were no more than one or two shots away from that all-important podium finish that said i'm wondering and, and redemption might be the wrong word here uh, but i'm wondering if you'd like to get back to the olympics to erase the memories of pyeongchang and get a second chance at it yeah for sure i mean i don't have any regrets looking back on the last olympics you know we prepared and we you know we uh, left it all out there, just came up a little short, but for sure I'd like uh, another chance. And, you know, it's not, I don't think it has much to do with um, how the last one ended, but, uh, you know, you just don't get opportunities to go to the Olympics and hopefully win a medal and represent Canada. So um, it's a different team now than, than it was back then. And so I'm kind of looking at it like, you know, it's a new, new kind of a new new opportunity i guess for for this team anyways so uh you know i i don't spend a lot of time dwelling on on the last uh olympics and more just kind of looking forward to the opportunity coming up this week to to hopefully uh get it done again and go back now you just mentioned how the team is different uh, this time around and you even underwent a lineup change mid-cycle this time i'm wondering if you can talk about the process of changing the lineup after winning the briar with an eye towards improving the team for the bigger prize which is the olympic trials yeah i mean you never know how it'll work out for sure um you know in the case of john though you know ben had played with him lots i'd played with him before for a few years too i mean this is this is a long long time ago but um you know, he's, he lives uh, kind of near Calgary, so we'd see him lots. And, and we're good friends, and uh, it just seemed like uh, he would fit in well with us And at, at you know, at this stages of kind of all our careers. And, and he has. He's been an awesome teammate, lots of uh, fit in really well. He's he's helped our team, obviously. You know, you don't have to talk about his um, his accomplishments over his career as, as, he's, as, he's, as, he's, as he's won everything. But... Um, yeah, I, I, you never know, but sometimes you just need to make changes to get to where you want to be. Uh, if, if you don't think you have quite what it takes to to win it all, it's it's so hard these days to to win win these big events. So, looking forward to it. Um, you know, we we had a good run at the Briar last year with the, with this team, and uh, that was really our first year and our first big event. So, as, as that team, so having a kind of a a pretty normal season so far this year. Uh, I think we're in a good spot going into the trials. 
As you just mentioned, your team had a good start to the current season. Do you put a lot of weight into that heading into an event like the Trials? Or is it mostly about getting a read on the ice and matching rocks once you arrive on site in Saskatoon? Because at the Trials, each team can all make the shot. So it doesn't really matter what type of form you're showing up in. Uh, as long as you get a good read on the ice, you know that the players on all of these teams can make those shots, even if they haven't had a good season so far. Yeah, I mean, I'd say a bit of yes and no. Uh... Every team there, I think, has the, the the ability and skills to to probably to win it. Um, just every every team is so good. So, but having having a good year to this point and give just gives us extra confidence that um, hey, we know we're playing pretty good. We've lost a few kind of close games in in the playoff rounds at some some events, but uh, you'd, you'd definitely rather be playing well and having good results going in then 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 vice versa i just would think it puts you in a in a in a better mindset going in uh for sure it just gives you that extra confidence that hey we're we just got to keep doing what we've been doing and and you know we've been kind of like everyone else obviously you know trying to trying to peak for this event coming up so i i think we're in a good spot um coming in with like you said had a good year but i think uh we still our best is still yet to come now typically when a team or individual players are preparing mentally for an event like the trials you lean on some of your past experiences i'm curious how your team has handled looking back at your trials experiences especially 2017 since bj newfeld uh, who's now on your team was on the losing end of a terrific final in 2017 oh yeah no it, it comes up the odd time but uh not nothing, nothing in serious. I mean, BJ probably bring it up more than, more than, more than we would for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, our team is pretty experienced and, and been to a lot of these big events. And in the past, we've always kind of done well getting ready for the big events, the Briars and, and the trials and, and events like that, the world. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think we do too much different. We don't, um, change our routines and and you do you do what's worked for you at at events this year past big events etc and i don't think you try and kind of change stuff just because it's the trials so uh like i said we're you know we're, we're one of the older teams out there so uh we, we've been through this many many times before so, Kevin, I'm asking each of the uh, people I'm interviewing for uh, this preview a couple of behind-the-scenes questions. Uh, the first one, uh, are you bringing a fifth to Saskatoon? And if so, who will that be? Uh, yeah, we're bringing Danny Newfeld, BJ's brother. So, uh, obviously, he's been around the, this level of curling forever, playing with, you know, McEwen and BJ in the past. And um, fits in great for us. I've played in an event with him and uh it's he's been to a couple events with us this year so it's he's been a really good addition to our team another behind the scenes question uh, a lot of teams uh, on the road now uh, like to stay at airbnbs or rent houses uh, but things seem to uh, change up a little bit when they arrive for trials uh, uh is your team a hotel team or an airbnb team at the trials this year we just stay at the host hotel we don't uh it's what we've always done at kind of the, the big events um, works. It's always worked for us, and uh, that's, that's our plan. 
And finally, Kevin, uh, in an event that is as short, in a round robin that is as short as the Olympic trials is with such a strong field, it's very important to get off to a good start. Uh, And to get off to a good start, you often have to get a good read on the ice. I'm just wondering, from your experience, how long does it typically take you and your team to get a good read on the ice so that you can then try all the shots that are in your repertoire? Yeah, I mean, I think you, for myself personally, you you have a pretty good idea fairly early. I mean, practice is usually not very indicative of what it'll be like during the um, event is, you know, it's the first time people are throwing on it, but uh, yeah, I mean, you have a certain, I guess, conditions that you think work well for, for myself and our team. And uh, you know, if you play a game or two and kind of hopefully you're seeing what you want to see and, and you're making shots early and it's very predictable. And, and if it stays that way, uh, you know, that's, that's usually how you have a great week, right? The team that the team that's most comfortable with the conditions and the earlier, uh, the better. So uh, it, it doesn't usually take too long uh, to figure it out. No. My next guest is Jason Gunlickson, whose team qualified for the trials at the pre-trials in Liverpool last month. Gunlickson will be skipping at the trials for the first time since 2005. Jason, uh, your team had a couple of opportunities to qualify for the trials, starting with a direct entry event in September. Did you guys put extra pressure on yourselves heading into that event? And how disappointing was it when you fell just short of qualifying for the trials at the direct entry event, forcing your team to compete in the pre-trials? It probably wasn't. It wasn't super disappointing for us. As you mentioned, like, I mean, it's it was pretty abnormal to play a meaningful, like, a, a you know, an event that affected other events or whatever you want to call it, a more meaningful event that early. So, and due to, like, our travel kind of limitations with, you know, Adam being from PI and just before the season starting, building to do any kind of training or playing together, we really didn't probably put as much pressure um, <clears throat> on that event as some of the other teams. And maybe, you know, maybe we should have put more pressure on Who knows? It's always interesting uh, looking back. But, but I think we kind of were like, you know, doing what we could to play as well as we could then, but <clears throat> just facing some external limitations that, that were going to make it tougher for us than maybe some of the teams that were geography <clears throat> was closer together and they were going to be able to get a little more team training in before it. So for us, we didn't. We're a team that normally starts out, plays pretty early in the season, and um, you know, always is trying to kind of you know accumulate ranking points and, and get better as the year goes on. But this year, we kind of took a different approach, and um, <clears throat> it really took probably till about the pre-trials, the first slam on our trip in the pre-trials, till we started you know putting some really great performances together. And still, it's not everyone, but. Uh, we, we have been putting more more solid performances together here as we've gone. It must have felt good, Jason, to go to the pre-trials and basically take care of business in a fairly straightforward fashion, winning the A-final after a solid week of curling. For sure. And, I mean, it definitely meant a lot for us to be, you know, through to the trials. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we're hoping to get through the direct entry, but realistically where everything fell, like, you know, um, you know, we weren't shocked we were going to have to go through the pre-trials and then to get through as a num- like the number one seed through it was, you know, pretty pretty big for us and, and it was nice to play. I mean, I, I really like the pre-trials. I, you know, just having been through a lot of Olympic cycles here in Canada now, I, I think they do a good job um, of, you know, 
they let some elite players who maybe have team changes, what have you, um, still get a chance to get through, and they have led to like Olympic medals as well. So, you know, I'm a pretty big fan of the event. Um, you know, this you know Pat Simmons team had a good run. This Tanner Horgan team's a new team that like without the pre trials wouldn't have gotten through. So, uh, you know, I, I think it is a great event and, you know, it was, it's definitely nice to win it. That's for sure. <laughs> now you've had to go through a series of lineup changes over the past few years, uh, Jason, how comforting was it to have the same lineup for a second consecutive year this season and not having to get used to a new teammate in the final year of a cycle? Yeah. I mean, for us, it's been like, it's been a, a cycle where, you know, we, we have had a little bit of, of, of change, um, you know, having Alex step away from the game, um, as far as what we do, I mean, I saw he just led Manitoba to a nice record here at the mix, but uh, I think that's a, a different amount of commitment. So, I mean, that that was tough for us, but we got, you know, Matt Wozniak to join us, who's who's a um, just just a great player and, you know, was one of the top at his position for years. I mean, I, I think that this extra year, some of these early events has been really useful for us because, we kind of got a half season last year or ish with the bubble and such. So I do think teams kind of have a life cycle and we're still on the, like, we're getting better, you know, maybe not every time out, but in a general sense, we're trending to the getting better side where I think some of the top teams in Canada are probably, um, you know, at a different spot on that curve. And, you know, so these, this, the fact that we've been able to compete, you know, somewhat of a regular season this this uh fall i think definitely helps us going into the trials um you know the more the better for us at our stage in team development for sure jason your team usually plays a lot of events sometimes as many as 12 or 13 events uh before you get to your biggest events of the season uh, in a typical season which is the provincials followed by the briar if you qualify is it a concern that this season you will have only played in six events before your biggest event of the season which is uh the olympic trials at this point or do you look at it from another angle and perhaps you'll be fresher for the trials than you might be for a briar because you've played that many fewer events yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's reasons why we play a lot. And, you know, some of them are about, you know, earning opportunities to to a whole bunch of different things, bunch of rewards, whether it be invitations to slams or to the trials or, or the, you know, the playing games of the Briar. Like, there's a lot of things that are given um, out based on rankings. So, I mean, we are cognizant of that in most seasons. And this has been, you know, for me, a little bit of uncharted territory where, we're playing in a year with a less of concern about that um, and more just about, you know, we kind of have whatever, about four events circled on the calendar and we want to be as good as we possibly can in those four events. And, you know, we're kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, trying to be good every time out, but, but doing it with less of a, less about volume and more about, um, you know, being ready for the events that, that we have to be ready for. So we'll see how it goes. I'll let you know, uh, I'll let you know after uh, after March uh, which approach I like better for next year. The field at the trials of Jason are going to look a lot like the field at the championship pool or in the championship pool at the Briar the past two seasons where your team has gone one and seven. What, if anything, can you take away from those two experiences to try and help your team get off to a good start and keep your team in the mix at the trials for as long as possible, perhaps even getting into the mix for the playoffs on the second weekend? 
Yeah, I mean, we've it's kind of twofold. I agree with you that, uh, you know, those last four games in the championship pool, we haven't done as well. But on the other hand, the first half of those Briars, we have um, beat, you know, uh, quite a few of the top teams. I mean, Botcher, Jacobs, McEwen, um, in those, those the first half of the Briar. So I think for us, I mean, I think we kind of have a pretty good idea of what we have to do to come out and play well for the first half of the week. And the things we're probably working on are more what to do in the second half of the week. So, um, you know, we're training really hard and preparing just like all the other teams, I'm sure to be ready for day one, but also what we have to do to be ready for, you know, day four five, six, what have you. Um, you are right that it's all the same teams we've played, uh, you know, we've played these teams a lot and kind of know a fair bit about everybody. So it will be interesting to see how the trials it's, it's always a little bit different when it's the one event to go to the Olympics. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But I think we're also really, we're, we're cognizant of the fact that, you know, we set a goal to, to win the briar or, or, you know, be in the mix at the briar this year, realizing with a new team that the trials was going to be early. So We'd really like to go out and, you know, make sure we get a few or, a, you know, a decent amount of wins here in the trials and, and really prepare ourselves for, you know, for the next big event in March. Now, how long does it typically take you at an event to get a good gauge of whether you're feeling it, have a good read on the rocks, et cetera, or whether it's going to be a real grind for you and your team if you're going to do well in that event? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes but myself and other players, like sometimes it's just as much as first practice. I mean, sometimes it's just the difference in the lights, the difference in the building. I mean, some, some buildings, some towns, people seem to feel com- more comfortable in than others for sure. Um, you know, the fact that it's Greg Owasco's ice, a guy who, you know, has become kind of, I'd say one of the, one of, if not the top guys in the game as an ice maker, he kind of grew up with like, I mean, Matt Wozniak and I, like, he kind of started doing events when we got on the scene and, and we've kind of like in a weird way grown, you know, parallel. Right. And so um, I think we naturally have good comfort, um, you know, anytime he's doing the ice and there's rocks that this will be the third event we've played with these rocks this season. Um, So, I mean, I think we have a lot of things going for us for comfort level, but the reality is, is that in this trials, like, the teams are very good. Um, like eight of the nine teams in the men's trials were in the last slam. Um, so it's like top 15 in the world, top 16 in the world, whatever. So the, the margin's very small and, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be, you know, who's winning those draw of the buttons for hammer and, and, you know, who's kind of making some of those key swing shots. Um, that's going to be the difference, I think. So, you know, it'll depend who gets the first couple of breaks. One thing I really vividly remember from last trials, though, is that um, Team Kui ended up winning it. They got a couple of what we call good breaks early in the week, and it just seemed like the momentum kind of built behind them and really carried them through the week. So that is something we'll be looking forward to, you know, to hopefully getting in our first couple of games is sometimes, you know, you might need that break, but if you get a couple wins early, it's it's a bit of a sprint. I mean, you're only talking eight games and then, potentially one or two playoff games so um you know if you get a couple good breaks early it can it can really propel a team to the to the end of the week 
Now, the last time you skipped a team at the trials, uh, Jason, was in 2005, which uh, was a bit of your coming out party on the national scene in the uh, curling uh, community in Canada. I realize that it was a few years ago now and that you've changed a lot as a person and as a player, as we all do when we get older. What were some of the takeaways you stored in the memory bank from that event that might serve you well in Saskatoon? Um, I mean, I definitely... You know, playing in the nine trials, playing in Edmonton, playing against Kevin Martin first game. I mean, I hope not, but that might be the most fans I've ever played. I don't know what, it, what the number was, but 12,000 or some some amount of people that first weekend. Like, it definitely gave me a new experience, a new love for the game, a new love for playing at the high level and and in the biggest moments. I mean, we I didn't, you know, our, our team probably wasn't quite, you know, as ready for that as we could have been. Um, and myself, I, that was the first year I'd ever skipped. So I really had never got the opportunity to play bad as a skip. And there's just some, there's this lonely feeling when you're struggling as a skip that's, that's probably um, pretty unique to curling and a few other sports. And I got to experience it the first time, you know, on national television with thousands of people in the building uh, you know, and it wasn't maybe always the most fun, but on the other hand, I think it always, that experience always helped me going forward. And, and yeah, I, I think that going into this trials, it, it's been very different. It's coming off a of quadrennial where we were basically a top, you know, between top five and top nine team in the top eight or so in the country, the whole, tri- like the whole quadrennial and, um, you know, have beaten a lot of these teams that we're going to have to play and, and, you know, had had some moderate success, played in a few briars. So I, I feel it's a very different kind of um, situation we're walking into, but I also am cognizant of the fact that we're playing eight great teams. And if, and if we don't play well, you won't win many games. So, uh, you know, definitely excited for the challenge again. And, and I'm really hopeful that the event, I, you know, with what COVID's been and everything, I'm hoping the event is is as magical as it can be because the last three trials I've been a part of have been just something special in curling. And I really hope this one, they're able to pull that off again this time. I'm ending these trials interviews, uh, Jason, by asking a couple of behind the scenes questions. And I'm just curious if you're bringing a fifth to Saskatoon and if so, who will that be? We're not going to go with a fifth. We have Coach Vandenberg with us, um, kind of handling, you know, the off-ice duties. So we're we're going with with five um, for the trials. So that's the that's the plan. And obviously at the Olympics, we'll uh, we'll find somebody at that point. But we know we didn't want to, you know, get somebody and then have to change it. That's always difficult. And finally, Jason, uh, are you one of those uh, hotel teams when you're at a big event like the trials, or do you go the Airbnb route? We are going to be doing the hotel route, um, mainly just from a COVID precaution standpoint um, for this event. But we we do love the Airbnb model, and uh, we we do that quite a lot. Uh, The front end are both uh, extremely good cooks, so we'll throw throw out a little props to them. So uh, we love to hit the Airbnbs and let them let them show their skill off uh, on the road, but. I think this week it's just going to be a little bit easier at the at the hotel to, you know, keep things a little bit more locked down because the last thing anybody wants is, you know, their Olympic dream spoiled by uh, a case of the sniffles. 
My next guest is 2006 Olympic gold medalist Mark Kennedy, who also represented Canada at the 2018 Olympics in Korea. Kennedy is currently the third for Team Jacobs, who have had Olympic success of their own, winning a gold medal in Sochi in 2014. Mark, I can't do an interview with you about the Olympic trials without taking you back to the last shot of the 2017 trials in Ottawa when you were in the house calling line on a draw by Kevin Cooey that sent you and your then-teammates to the Olympics in Pyeongchang. Can you take us back four years and walk us through that final shot? Yeah, that takes me back a bit. It was, uh, Mike, I mean, Mike played a terrific game. And, uh, yeah, he made that last one about as good as he could to make our shot as difficult as possible. And... I remember Kevin and I had discussed, you know, if Mike makes this shot perfect, you know, where's the broom we're taking for the intern draw. So we had a pretty good idea of, of the line and the speed. So all that was, um, was good. The one thing I remember, and this is what made it strange for me is I remember Kevin letting it go. And I yelled to the guys right away that the line was good. The line was never going to be a problem. Uh, that way the guys could just focus on, on getting the weight right. Uh, but I remember the rock about halfway down the sheet and I could sense a little bit of panic in the sweepers in Brent and Ben. And I thought, you know, I just, it all feels like slow motion right now, but it crossed my mind that the rock looked to me like it was barely moving. So for, for, um, you know, for a second, I thought it was going to come up short, like even short of the hog line. I thought, Oh man, we're not even, this isn't even close. And so for a second, I was kind of devastated and, And uh, I don't ever come out to help sweep. I mean, we discussed that as a team. Don't come out and sweep. All you're going to do is get in the way. You're going to bump a broom. You're going to, you know, you're going to burn the rock. Just let it, if we can't get it there, then it's not getting there. So don't come out and help. And here I was running out to help the guys. But, you know, looking back, the reason I ran out to help is because I wanted to be with them when the rock came up short. I know that sounds, you know, awful, but I really did. It looked light. So I thought we'd missed it already. Um, and then I got out there to sweep it and I thought, wait a sec, you know, Brent's still going, this still has a chance. And then, you know, sure enough, Benny and Langer got it to the forefoot and we won. And I had a very subdued reaction and and it was because of that, because it was a really strange 30 seconds for me. I I don't ever remember experiencing something like that. And then, then sure enough, I was extremely excited after, but you know, I still had, uh, it was just a really strange couple minutes and, you know, looking back on my time with Kevin Cooey, I don't think he ever missed a shot to win a game. So I'm really surprised that I kind of had that reaction as the rock was halfway down the sheet. Anyway, it was a really strange couple of minutes. I'm, uh, I'm glad it worked out the way they did. I'm glad when I went out there, I didn't help uh, burn the rock or get in the way. And it all worked out the way it should have. Now, you and I spoke a few weeks after the 2018 Olympics, and shortly thereafter, you announced that you were taking a break from competitive curling to rest some injuries and to spend more time with your young family. In retrospect, how surprised are you just a few short years later to be headed to another trials playing for one of the favorites to win the trials in Saskatoon? Uh, Yeah, you know, I feel very fortunate to have the opportunity again. As you said, it was a couple years ago, I would have said this is a very highly unlikely situation. I was... I was pretty comfortable to take a break and, and let everyone else battle each other for a, an Olympic cycle. But, uh, you know, things happen the way they did. And, um, you know, being able to step onto this team and play that Canada Cup in Estevan a few years ago, um, you know, we just had great chemistry, great energy. Everybody was excited to play. And we ended up winning that event against the best teams in Canada. That was a big, I think, shift in all of our, 
um, mindset as to what we could potentially do together. So it, it got the juices flowing again. It, it's uh, my body felt good. Those guys felt rejuvenated. And, and since then we've had a pretty good run. Um, you know, we've had our ups and downs though, just that like any team does, we, we had a great first year. We struggled a bit in the bubble last year. Uh, we've had a great year this year. Uh, but again, coming off a tough event to Chestermere. So, you know, we're still trying to find our footing, but we feel good going into this event and, and feel, uh, you know, like I said, I feel pretty excited and grateful to have the opportunity to be back at another trials because I, I didn't expect it. Now, Mark, as good and as deep as the men's field will be in Saskatoon, there are not that many players in the field that have managed to win the trials and represent Canada at the Olympics. On your team, all four players have experienced that thrill and know what it takes to win the trials. Does that give you a leg up on any of the other teams in an event that is so much different and so much more intense than even the Briar? Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I think um, I think when it comes to this event in particular, I think the experience is pretty invaluable. Um, you know, I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to win two of them, but I also lost two semifinals. And, and those events where we lost the semifinals, we also had great weeks, um, you know, but it's just so hard to win these events that I think losing those semis taught me just as much as, as winning the two. So I've kind of had that full-on experience of what this week is about. And I think, you know, the main thing is just understanding how stressful a week it's going to be. And I, I think... You know, it's crazy to say, but the Briars and World Championships, there's a there's a level of excitement to play in them, and they come around every year, and to have the opportunity to play in those is wonderful. But because the trials are once every four years, I, I've always felt there's a little bit extra level of pressure and an extra level of stress involved as opposed to just straight excitement to play. Um, so I think the experience in all those situations certainly helps um, in learning how to deal with that stress and pressure. And you're right, there's so many great curlers in Canada that have experienced that pressure and stress, but, but maybe not to the level of, of you know, what it's going to take to become an Olympian. And I think that's why you see a lot of the teams that have won before at the trials continue to have the success. You know, they're, they're always close. I look back at, you know, what Kevin Martin was able to do at the Olympic trials in his career. I think he was in at least three finals, maybe four uh, just because he knew what it took and he knew what the week was going to be like and he knew the level of play that he was going to have to bring in order to have a chance to win. And that's something you only learn through um, having gone through it before. So, uh, but yeah, lots of talented teams, lots of pretty experienced skips and uh, we'll see how it goes. The last two bars have been a bit of a grind for you and Team Jacobs, uh, having to scratch and claw your way into the championship pool after uncharacteristic slow starts. Is there anything you can take from those two experiences that can help you get off to a better start at the trials, an event where losing three games in the round robin might be one loss too many? Yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. it um, I think we had a great honeymoon stage. You know, our first season was really terrific, winning those three grand slams and kind of feeling a little bit invincible. Um, and then the Briar, you know, everybody raises their level of play at those national championships. And, you know, I think we experienced that. We, we played some teams, you know, we played Brad Gushu in that Briar in Kingston, and he was, you know, he, he played incredible. Obviously, he would have had to to win, and he did. He played great against us in the 3-4 game. You're right, it's a grind because of how good the teams are. Um, but I think, you know, we certainly – learn more from the losses than we do from the wins. And, you know, those events that were a struggle, we, we did a really good job of debriefing and 
and discussing what we need or what we need to change, what improvements we need to make um, in order to try to be ready for these Olympic trials. And, uh, you know, I think we did a great job of that in the bubble as well. The, the bubble wasn't great for us. It was, it was okay. We kind of got her going towards the end of, of that Grand Slam, the Champions Cup. I think we lost the semifinal in a good game to mow it. So we kind of got it going, but, you know, we still had a great debrief about what, what we need to do different, what we could change, and how we can improve. And we came out this year and made our first first four events. We were in four finals. Um, so so I think we've done a really good job of, of learning from our events where we've struggled. And, you know, having just struggled in Chestermere, whatever, 10 days ago, I think was probably a good thing for us. You know, we won't go in complacent or just expecting good things to happen. We know we're going to have to uh, work hard and grind and use everything that we've learned over the last three years and, and try to um, put it to work. You just provided me with an excellent segue there, Mark. Your team has gone deep into all the events it's played this year until your last slam in Chestermere. Could an event like that have perhaps served as a reminder to your team that you need to bear down regardless of the event, especially at the trials, which will be even more difficult than any slam to win? Yeah, yeah. You know, in a, in a way, it can be a blessing in disguise if you use it as, as an opportunity to be, you know, hyper aware of where your weaknesses are and, and what got... Um, you know, why did you lose and, and making sure that doesn't happen again when you're at the trials. But, you know, to be honest about Chestermere, we didn't play that poorly. You know, we, our three losses, uh, the teams that we played, played terrific against us. They really did. You know, uh, Mike, we played Mike McEwen, he knocked us out in that C semifinal and, and Mike and Reed played terrific. So, you know, we also understand that when we have had a good start to the season, I think after that point, you're going to start to get everybody's best game. You know, when they, when they see Team Jacobs and they, they come out to play us, you know that they're going to play really well. And, and that's what happened in Chestermere, and that's okay. I think we can expect that once we get to Saskatoon. It just means that we have to be at our best, and we have to have that level of energy and that level of uh, team cohesion to kind of ride the wave that is the Olympic trials. And um, But I think everybody feels good about the way they're throwing the rock and feels pretty confident in themselves, and, and that's that's the way you want to go in. So... Hopefully we get a couple of breaks and get off to a good start, um, get the momentum going, and, and see what happens. Mark, you referred to this a little bit uh, earlier in the previous answer, but I'm wondering if you could summarize for the audience just how different the vibe and the energy is at the trials compared to the Briar or the Worlds. I was at level uh, covering the uh, at ice level covering the trials in 2017, and you could almost cut the tension with a knife on opening day, and it only intensified over the week. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a tension-filled event. Um, you know, trying to put into words what it feels like. I, you know, I've, I've kind of tried to touch on it. It's just, you just don't know if you're ever going to get that opportunity again to go to the Olympics. And you know that the Olympics can be a life-changing event. And, you know, it's, it's a dream for a lot of these curlers that they've had their whole lives. But in reality, throughout a curling career, you might get two, maybe three Olympic trials, and that's it. You know, the, the Briar and Provincials comes around every year. So in theory, you could have 15 goes at Provincials to get to the Briar, or, you know, you could have an endless amount of attempts at the Briar to, to win one. The Olympics just feels different because they don't come around very often. And I think that adds a whole nother level of tension. And, you know, just the opportunity that, that is there when you do win, you know, to be an Olympian, to be with all the other athletes, to... Uh, you know, get all the Olympic gear to to be broadcast all over the world. It's just, uh, it's an amazing thing and an amazing opportunity. And I think that weighs on a lot of the curlers' shoulders. 
And when you let that, you know, take over your emotions and you, and you start thinking about those kind of things, it can be overwhelming, you know, as opposed to just going out there and performing your best and playing well. And, and that's where the whole, you know, mental part of the game really comes into play. Um, and, you know, you, it's, it's just extra tension, extra anxiety, extra stress and extra pressure. And, and that's what makes it the most pressure filled event in all of our curling endeavors. And that's what makes it so awesome. So it's like I said, it's, it's who can handle that the best in the moment and, and not let the moment get the best of them. That's usually the, the group that succeeds and wins it. So is it safe to say that the broom gets a little heavier during trials week? You know what it, it does. I'll tell you though, that, that in a way that's an athlete's choice. You know, you, you can let it overwhelm you. You can, you know, you can let it be, let the moment get the best of you, or you can just decide that, you know, it's a great opportunity. And, you know, if you finished your career and you never did get the chance to go to the Olympics, it's okay. You know, the sun comes up and, you know, he's, all these curlers have families that love them and they still get the opportunity to next month go to provincials and try to get to the briar. So it all depends on how you frame it and how you, want to approach it and you know like i've said the guys that seem to approach it in the most positive way are usually the ones that have the most success and just embrace the moment so mark i'm asking each of my guests uh, for the olympic trials preview a couple of behind the scenes questions uh, the first one is uh, are you bringing a fifth to saskatoon and if so who will that be uh we actually are not bringing a fifth to saskatoon so we have our coach caleb flaxy uh caleb's going to be helping us with rocks um you know, getting the rock numbers as well as matching them in the evenings. And, and we just decided we didn't want to bring somebody into our nucleus for such a short period of time. Uh, so we're going without a fifth. And finally, Mark, I know your team has gone the Airbnb route at some events in the past, uh, but I'm wondering if uh, this will be a hotel week or an Airbnb week for Team Jacobs at the trials in Saskatoon. Oh, interesting question. Now, uh, we've, we've decided to go the hotel route for this one, um, mostly because Curl Canada pays for a couple of them, so it's a little bit cheaper to stay at the hotel than to do the Airbnb. But, yes, when we have the opportunity at most of our events, we love the, the house atmosphere, the ability to cook your own meals and relax in a, in a family room type of situation. So, But for this week, we'll be in a hotel. And my final guest in part two of the From the Hack Trials preview is Mike McEwen of Manitoba, who came agonizingly close to winning the Olympic Trials four years ago in Ottawa, forcing Kevin Cooey to a difficult draw on Last Rock in the championship final. Mike, I want to take you back to the final of the 2017 Olympic Trials when you and your then-teammates came within an inch or two of defeating Team Cooey and representing Canada at the PyeongChang Olympics. Going back might be bittersweet for you, but despite the disappointment that truly came with losing that final, in hindsight, I'm sure you take a lot out of uh, a lot of pride in the way you and your team performed that week at a moment in time when that particular lineup had been through so many tough times and you were only but a few months away from splitting up. Yeah, it, to be honest, it's uh, the the seventeen trials is is not something that's bittersweet for me personally. Um, you know, each each of my teammates might feel a little differently on that, but uh, in all honesty, we going into that trials, we we executed a plan and and played played to a very high level and. You know, we we just we we had an amazing uh, an amazing event and and uh, and and played well enough to win it and executed all the preparation leading up and it was actually uh, 
you know, as far as the team effort and, and the things we had going on behind the scenes, it was about as comfortable as I've ever been playing in a big event. And, and so it's, it's anything but bittersweet. It's, it's something that uh, I would say as a unit, we, we played well enough to win that event. We, we put ourselves in a great position and, you know, the, the little things, sometimes you need a thing or two to go right for you to get you over the top. And, and it seemed like, uh, unfortunately that, that just didn't take place for us. What did you learn at the 2017 trials, Mike, that might serve you and your team well in Saskatoon? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of things that I take, take away from that experience is the lead up to the event is for me and, and, and my teammates is more important than actually what happens in the event. So in order to give ourselves a good shot, it's all those little things that are adding up. And in particular, the kind of one to two weeks before the event even starts, um, kind of taking care of business behind the scenes uh, so that for, for myself and, and obviously for my teammates that I can kind of just show up and curl and, and hopefully be not, uh, you know, hampered with things that I think I should have done or, or whatnot. It just, you know, that, that focus can just be on playing the game and, and not, uh, not feel like there's, there's things that, uh, you know, haven't been done or taken care of. Um, so yeah, the, that's the biggest thing the the one to two weeks and and beyond that leading up but but definitely those those number of days leading up to the event having everything kind of uh planned and taken care of so that as an athlete you can go out and perform your best and and uh you know kind of limit limit how many distractions are on your plate now, Mike, there were a lot of expectations placed on your team when news got out that you and Reed Carruthers were joining forces at the start of this cycle. And to be fair, it was uh, quite the roller coaster early on in this cycle. As you prepare for the Olympic trials, do you believe that you and the guys are closer to being the team you expected to be when you first joined forces? Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's hard to kind of sum it up in a really <laughs> in a really short sentence because um, the first year was kind of uh to be honest it was kind of a disaster um there's a lot of experimentation going on and you know we flipped who was skipping who was playing third uh over and over again throughout the year so there's um you know and, and, and to be honest i had some things going on in in my own life and and some of the other guys too where the focus of the team just wasn't there and and it showed um and then actually year 2 just you know leading up to the Kingston Briar you know, when the pandemic hit, um, we were actually really starting to show what kind of team we could be and that we could go head to head with, with the best, uh, you know, we had an amazing briar in Kingston and, and, uh, you know, there were still some loose ends and had we managed our time clock in a, a little bit better in a few situations, we probably could have had, uh, perhaps, a a playoff, a deep playoff run, but um, then the pandemic hit and everything sort of, you know, and not just for us, but that really, uh, really kind of stopped our growth for, for quite some time. So I feel like that Kingston is where we were really starting to heat up. And, and so that's been the challenge 
for us as a team to kind of get back to that point in in a limited amount of time and it's not easy so we've uh yeah we've you know if i'm being honest uh you know we we regressed because of that you know lack of play and the pandemic and we've been uh having to find our way back in a short amount of time here now, your team earned your trial spot at the direct entry event that Curling Canada hosted in September, Mike, which is a time when you typically don't have to play any events with that much on the line. How difficult was it to peak for an event at a time of the season when you're typically uh, just a couple of events into, uh, into the year and uh, getting the rust off, as it were? To your question, it, it, it was a big challenge. Um, part, part of the issue was getting ice in, in Manitoba. Um, opportunities for early ice were were not as great um and so uh we kind of did like a reboot that involved i think i was you know i can count on on one hand how many days i was actually home in september and that's uh essentially what our reboot involved um it was a lot <laughs> that month was a lot of a lot of time away from home um and that that can be a juggling act for for many of us uh, obviously with you know my own situation having kid young kids and and my wife an athlete too uh, it gets really complicated but uh that uh that month was wild and it was uh it was very strange actually after winning that direct spot because it was uh you know, there was a lot of relief and it was kind of, kind of like, you know, you hit that, that peak. And then we, you know, we went on the ice for a bit in October, first couple of events. And, and, uh, you know, it, it was a challenge even to kind of find that intensity back after we had been, you know, what we had been through in September to, to get our spot. You just touched on this a little bit, Mike, but how much pressure did you guys put on yourselves to earn that spot at the direct entry event and not have to go to the pre-trials where anything can happen, basically? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, you, you talk about pressure in that situation. Um, I think I would change the wording, though, and I'd call it validation. Um, we did not want to go through the pre-trial. It, it was... It was you know, oh, you know, and I, I feel for some of the guys who went through that, how many weeks on the road with the wedge between the grand slams and, you know, just daunting tasks that would have been to have to go that long route. But um, the direct entry coming through that was, like I said, it, it wasn't about pressure. It was about validation and uh, us as a team who we we believe we were unfairly overlooked by curling Canada. And, you know, I, I won't go into all the details, but, um, you know, we, we felt like we were skipped over and for us to come through that direct and validate that, Hey, we, we should be in the trials um, was, uh, you know, such a good feeling and, and, and a sense of relief that we accomplished that because uh, you know, basically to sum it up we we felt we didn't get our fair shake at uh at being considered direct in and you know uh really proud of the guys for running that short short gauntlet to you know to get us to the big show 
Now, having gotten so close to winning the trials last time around, Mike, you have a very good sense of what it takes to win that event. Can you summarize how different the energy is at the trials compared to, say, uh, a briar? I mean, I was at ice level, and I'm just a journalist and, and not an elite uh, curler, but I was at ice level in Ottawa at the trials in 2017, and the tension was palpable from the start of the week and only grew as teams got closer to the playoffs and then the final. Yeah, for, for sure the atmosphere is different at a trials. Um, I, I feel like you can even sense it, not just within the teams, but also from the crowd. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but you, you can certainly sense that it, what is on the line is, is, uh, is kind of, you know, it, it's been built up over, over four years and, and the crowd, you can feel it through the crowd and you can feel it through the teams and there's, you know, it, it, so that's the challenge I find is, you know, I find like a briar or when my wife's playing the Scotties, it's, it's, I think it's easier to enjoy the event it, as, as, as for sure as an athlete. Um, it's, it's not that it's relaxed, but it feels like more a, of a, just a, a little bit more of a fun atmosphere. And so that I find, for myself is is something to keep in mind when when I'm playing in a trials is how do I enjoy this even though the atmosphere is has kind of you know that the intensity has been notched up right from the opening right right out of the gate from the the opening draw and that's easier said than done but I, I feel like in 17 we did an amazing job of actually being able to enjoy that experience right to the end, even though, you know, it didn't quite work out for us, but that's, uh, you know, that's what I'm looking for this time around. I'll be a better, I'll be a better skip. I'll be a better leader. I'll be a better teammate to my guys. If personally I can do that and enjoy it. So that's number one, that's the challenge for me personally. Um, Because like you said, it's just that atmosphere's changed, and it's really hard to describe it entirely, but uh, you, you can definitely sense it. The trials is a short round, Robin, Mike, and a team can uh, find themselves in trouble if they get off to a bad start. In that context, how long does it typically take you before you get a sense of whether you've got a good feel for the conditions uh, at a venue or if it feels like the week might be a grind for you? Uh, I'm not even sure. I I remember the last go around we we started really well and then we had kind of a a two game slump mid midweek and we had to kind of scramble just to put ourselves in a position to to make it in or at least get a tie break um so I'm not really sure uh you know this this could start off any which way for a number of teams um it's really it's really up in the air i i think things can with, with the quality of the field i think your situation can change very quickly you know you can start 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 hot with two three four wins but then like i said you hit middle of the week run into two tough opponents and and all of a sudden you've got two quick losses in maybe in one day and the whole situation has changed so yeah uh Basically, you can't get complacent at any point during the week. 
So, Mike, you've been under the spotlight in the Canadian curling community for over a decade now, and I'm wondering how different the Mike McCune of today is compared to the red pants wearing Magic Mike version that was lighting up the slams seven or eight seasons ago. <laughs> that's a, that's a good question. Well, uh, I I feel like I am uh, I'm definitely more grounded. Um, I, I mean, I have to be. <laughs> I got you know, I got. Uh, I got a, a seven month old and a six year old, uh, you know, a house full of, of ladies basically. So two daughters and, and a lovely wife that is an amazing athlete herself. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, those, those red pant wearing days, you know, traveling around the country and the world, winning events, playing, weekend after weekend after weekend were were amazing um life's a lot more complicated now <laughs> and <laughs> and and I'm older so uh I, I hopefully hopefully what helps me is I'm wiser <laughs> but uh um so hopefully I can kind of see things before they're coming at me you know on the ice or or whatnot but uh yeah I definitely uh I have a lot, a lot more distractions nowadays. And so uh, I definitely have to uh, be aware of that and pick my moments where I can really uh, go all in on the craft. And, um, you know, I think, I guess that's, you know, that's any challenge for any, you know, person with alternate careers and and family and whatnot. Um, And you're trying to be an amateur athlete at the same time. It's, uh, the more the more things you add in your life, the more complicated it gets. So yeah, that's that's probably the biggest difference between a free carrying red pant wearing Mike and and now it's uh yeah, unfortunately I'm probably not as fun anymore, but <laughs> but uh hopefully wiser and I, I you know I can still be a, a really good teammate uh in short spurts. <laughs> So for this preview, Mike, I'm asking each of my guests a couple of uh, behind-the-scenes questions. My first one is, is your team bringing a fifth to Saskatoon? And if so, who is it? Yeah, so so we did uh, Kelly Knapp from Saskatchewan. We figured opening night we better have a, a boy from <laughs> a boy from the home province on our, our on our bench. So um, yeah, Kel- Kelly's uh, our addition. So um, looking forward for him joining us uh, that week. And finally, Mike, I know that you guys uh, often uh, do the Airbnb thing when you're on the road, especially with Colin Hodgson being quite the chef. Uh, just wondering what the decision was uh, for the trials in Saskatoon. Uh, will you guys be staying at a hotel or will you be going the Airbnb route? So uh, this time around, we're doing the hotel. Love Airbnbs, don't get me wrong, but it's also not easy to get a, you know, find a situation where you have, uh, you know, for six six grown men who all want their own bedroom and that kind of thing. So yeah, hotel. And that does it for part two of From the Hacks Canadian Olympic Trials Preview. Join us tomorrow for part three when we turn our attention to the women's event with guests such as Carrie Anderson, Tracy Fleury, Emma Miskew, Krista McCarvel, and Kate Cameron. I'm Frank Rock, and you're listening to the From the Hack Curling Podcast, part of the Curling News and Sports Illustrated Partnership.